Welcome to the Enchanted Ears Podcast, where we discuss anything and everything Disney. I'm Angela. And I'm Joe. And on today's episode, we have our interview with theme park reporter and host of the podcast, Very Amusing, Carly Wiesel. Yeah, we do. Yeah, so we, we talked with Carly kind of about her experiences covering Disney, kind of all the awesome things she got to do. <laughs> She's done so many really cool things. Yeah, like it's... I'm jelly. Yeah, it's it's pretty crazy <laughs> of just like all the different things she got to do. So it was cool to be able to talk to her about some of that stuff. I mean, one of the things she did was an Adventures by Disney, which we've talked a lot about. And we don't really know anybody that's ever done before. And yeah. she's gotten to, to do a couple of them to report on them. And she loved them. So it was great to kind of hear her and insight on that. It was really awesome to hear her experiences. Definitely. And if you're uh, new to our show, first time listening, you know, be sure to um, check us out on social media. We have a Facebook group, the Enchanted Ears family. You can check that out or a Facebook page, Enchanted Ears. And we also have a YouTube channel. All, all the links to all that stuff is in the episode descriptions. All right. So um, just some quick Disney news before we get into the interview with Carly. So Disney announced their holiday offerings this past week. So I don't think it's really any surprise, but they are canceling Mickey's Very Merry Christmas Party. The Halloween party was already canceled, so I don't think it was a surprise there. But they're still going to have a lot of special holiday offerings. So the holidays are going to run from November 6th to December 30th this year. And they are still going to have, similar to what they're doing with Halloween, they're still going to have like characters dressed up in their holiday outfits for these cavalcades and like mini parades you know, going through, they're still going to decorate Disney Springs, it sounds like, where they'll have snow, and they're going to decorate the parks. I believe they're not having all the gingerbread houses, though, at all the different resorts this year. So some of it is scaled back, but they are still going to have, you know, some holiday offerings. They're going to be doing projections on the castle instead of adding all the lights to it, which kind of makes sense because they just repainted it. So no Christmas party, but I think we're still getting some holiday offerings. And I think it's pretty good. I mean, considering what they're limited to. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know that it wasn't going to be a full scale. So just the fact that we're getting something uh, is awesome. And just the fact that, you know, some people are going to get to go to Disney during this time is awesome enough because I think a lot of us have been cooped up inside for way too long. Yeah. And then the other piece of news is that Disney is working on a group watch feature for Disney Plus. So apparently this has been rolled out in Canada so far and and the uh, room our kind neighbors to the north. Yes, and the rumor is that they're kind of planning for fall for everyone else. The idea here is that everybody has to have a Disney Plus subscription, but that you'll be able to watch together. So yeah, think, that sounds like fun. Yeah, I think a lot of streaming services have been trying to do this with the pandemic and everybody being at home. And I guess the idea would be everybody can kind of log in and it would, you know, sync the movie or whatever you're watching. So you can watch it all at one time. Aww. Maybe there'll be some chat feature functionality. I'm not sure, but you know, I, I think it's, it's pretty neat that they're, you know, adding this additional feature. So hopefully we'll see that soon. So I bet you any money, <laughs> this is going to launch. Can I, can I guess what you're going to say? Sure. You're going to say it's going to launch before The Mandalorian comes out. That's what I was going to say. It's <laughs> good. Yes, exactly. It's going to launch with The Mandalorian. That That is my guess because they're talking fall, Mandalorian's end of October. I think this would be the perfect time to launch it because that is something that's going to be a phenomenon again. And there's going to be a ton of people wanting to watch it. So that's my guess is when it's going to come out. Baby Yoda may just save 2020. Just a little bit. A little tiny bit. Some part. Yeah, sliver of it. Or sliver the, of yeah, it. at the end of the but, year. So. But at least there will be some hope at the very end. Definitely. So, <laughs> All right. So now let's get into our interview with Carly. All right. We are happy to be joined today by theme park reporter, author, and the host of the new podcast, Very Amusing, Carly Wiesel. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I have to start off. We'll get into some theme park stuff in a minute, but I have to start off. Your phone number for your <laughs> podcast is 747-CHUROS. <laughs> <laughs> which I think is the greatest uh, call-in number you can so have. Good. So Thank good. Thank you. I so would like I would like to say like it wasn't the first one I got. It, it so I assume I totally cut you off, but I assume you're going to ask how that happened. Yes. 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 <laughs> <laughs> I just want to make sure you weren't like moving on. Um so 
I was really tricky. Like I got a, it's a Google voice, which I hope saying that doesn't mean someone's going to hack me if they know how to do that. But it's a Google voice account. And then you pay, I think it was like 10 bucks or something to get a custom number. And then it's just trial and error. So I have this little sheet of paper back home on my desk. That's like two, one, three pretz. And like all these different combinations (laughs) of trying to be like cheese pretzel or like Mickey mouse. And for some reason, 747 churros was the only churros extension I could get. Because you think wow. you had to like drop down and select a city and then try. But basically, I, I'm very happy with it. It's easy to remember. See, I just yeah. thought churros was your favorite food. Yeah, that I was, didn't know you went through a whole list of them. That leads into my next question. What your favorite Disney snack is. It's not a churro. Um, I love, well, I love popcorn. Uh, popcorn is... If Uh, there was like a food pyramid, that would be the whole pyramid. But uh, nacho cheese is my favorite food. Just like dip, like cheese fries, like the cheese that comes on there, like Mm -hmm. nachos, anything like that, which is harder to find at Disney parks because, and I've yelled about this so many times, it's now (laughs) becoming a bit old, but uh, I don't like the cheese that comes with Mickey pretzels. So it's harder to find like, you know, like ballpark cheese. Mm-hmm. Right. So when you went to Tokyo Disney, because I, I know you've reported from there, oh did you gosh. like all the popcorn? Speaking of popcorn, they're like crazy yes. with their popcorn tins over there. I loved some of them and I didn't like some of them. And it's hard because you have to get a whole one to know. And yeah. I went with my husband and we were splitting them. We were splitting a bucket of them. And like once it's in the bucket, you're kind of like, all right, gotta gotta <laughs> finish all of this like prawn popcorn, which I loved, but he didn't. But we both agreed on milk chocolate. I think that was, yes, that was that, our sweet spot. That's a very good one. And then I got, I don't even know how to say this, corn potage. Oh, Pot- I, it was like corn soup. I don't remember that. Yeah, one I was there. gonna say I don't think we had the same choices because yeah. I know I, we saw the the milk chocolate one for sure. But yeah, what but time of did. year were you there? We went last June. Yes. Okay. We were. I think there were like a winter array of flavors because we went okay. in December. That makes um, sense. Yes. Much probably a much more comfortable time of year to go. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, it was very cold. <laughs> Okay. Well, I was gonna say we we probably had like a hundred and ten percent humidity. Yeah, it was, it was it was crazy. It was insane. I was like, we were wishing for Florida. That was how humid it was. That's wild. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. Oh it was my crazy. god! It was that bad. It was, it was so yeah. bad. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah. It's it was okay. It's okay. We still enjoyed ourselves, but it was it was a little rough. Oh yeah. Okay. Maybe that is better than me being cold. You're right. Uh, yeah, it depends, you know. It, it feels better to be cold whenever you're... Like, if you're really cold, then you're like, oh, man, I, I aspire to be warm right now. So that sounds good. But yeah, I don't know. I don't even Yeah, know but if you sense. were dreaming of Florida, not a chance. That's <laughs> <laughs> so true. I think there were some tropical storms that, like, blew through, like, mm-hmm. right after we left. So it was definitely <laughs> just, like, a storm system coming through. So, but yeah, it was, it was kind of rough. Oh, gosh. I'm so sorry. So it was, it was a like lot of fun. It melting, still, eating popcorn. Like, yeah. we must try them all. How, how cold was it when you were there? It it was cold. It was uh, winter. I had like a whole layering system. Uh, it was like different. <laughs> I would switch to different jackets at night. But yeah. it wasn't. We ended up going to Universal Studios Japan in Osaka. Mm-hmm. I believe that's a full name. And that was probably the coldest day of my entire life anywhere. So yeah. everything kind of gets blanketed in the freeze that was that park. I was going to say that was our first time to Tokyo. So I think we you know, just enjoyed the experience of it, even though it was really hot. Like it was still a lot of fun. Uh, have you been to any of the other international Disney parks? Yeah, I'm on world tour, world tour round two. Oh, wow. Oh, okay. Yeah. Nice. I just got to go back to Hong Kong and then I uh, have a, a trophy of me wasting money. <laughs> like nothing. <laughs> it's like you don't get anything. It's just, uh, but yeah, it's nice to like check in every few years. So I would like to go to Hong Kong. Again, which one, at some point. Which one's your favorite? What's what's the best in your opinion? Uh, I mean, Tokyo Disney Sea. There's no there's no beating it. It's just so special. And I can't imagine like if I lived in Japan, would I think it was that special if that was my home park? I don't know. Mm-hmm. But it's uh, it varies, but it's like Tokyo Disney Sea and Walt Disney World are my favorites. Yeah. yeah. Disney Sea really is unique because you do hear a lot of hype about it, that it is like such a good park, and you go into it kind of like is it really going to be that good? But it is something that like you can't you can't imagine it until you really experience it. 
Like yeah. just how incredible it actually is. Yeah, and you both are are Disney fans, I as yes. I I infer. Um, <laughs> clearly Disney fans. There's, a, there's like a wall of characters behind you. <laughs> um, <laughs> but like I went with my husband, who is not a Disney fan, and even he like when we came home, we went to Japan on our honeymoon the first time. So we came back, and I heard him on the phone with like coworkers and stuff, being like, "Yeah, man, Tokyo Disney Sea is the best." <laughs> like that's when you know it's good when someone who isn't brainwashed like we are is raving to strangers about how good it is. That's awesome. I love it. Real quick before we move on, I do have to ask you, going back to the popcorn, what t- what tin did you get? Like, did you get one of the special like fun tins that they had or did you have to get more than one? This is going to show how cheap I am. Okay. So the first time we went, it was five years ago. So it was like a popcorn bucket like that it was impossible to get here. So uh-huh. I got a, oh God, I got two of them. I got the little green man and I got a Mr. Potato Head. And then I got oh. an extra Mr. Potato Head for a friend. So I was like, oh, I got all these things. Um, and then this time we went back and we did a vacation package, which is, uh, it, it's ma- basically making a stack of bills and lighting it on fire. But we went around <laughs> Christmas time. So we were like, we got to do it. Otherwise, we're not getting on anything because you like pay so much money and you get fast passes and stuff. So yeah. we booked that. And with that came a popcorn bucket. So we just kind of like Ooh. it was it was ugly. Like, I think we left it in Japan because it was not great. <laughs> but I mean, it was free and it held popcorn. So why not? Nice. We we didn't buy one, so we're <gasps> even cheaper. <laughs> we're we're cheaper than you, I guess. <laughs> but you didn't. But did, I assume you got all the popcorn. Didn't were you like we'll save money if it's a refill? I, I think we. What did we? We I got popcorn. I, I don't know that we could like decide, and I really didn't want to. I, I didn't wanna, feel like carrying it around. Uh, I yeah, think was that the was biggest the, the thing. Biggest yeah, was, was yeah. transporting it and carrying it around because I wanted. There was a steamboat Willy one, and I really liked mm. the steamboat Willy one. But I was just like, I don't know if we bought so much merch there that it was like, do I really need a popcorn bucket on top of all this other stuff? Totally. And you're going to come home with at least like eight things you get home and you don't need. So, oh, yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. So I guess kind of just taking a step back here, um, you've been a, a theme park reporter, You've been reporting on Disney for years now. How did you get started? What what kind of led you, I think, into reporting in general and then, you know, theme park reporting specifically? Uh, it was a blissful accident. <laughs> uh, I've been reporting since I was in college. I I don't know why I was never like, I'm going to work at the high school paper. I just liked to talk a lot. And that seemed like a natural extension of that because you couldn't like major in AIM, but interviewing people is close. So it's just conversations. Uh, so I majored in journalism and did a bunch of writing. Uh, I did music writing mostly in college. And then I graduated and started doing fashion writing. And then I just kept every few years, I'd just write about something new because I'd get bored. And then I had a bachelorette party in February, which leaves you with almost no options. And on a random suggestion by my now husband, he was like, why don't you go to Disney World? Because it seemed novel and fun. And now it's my whole life. (laughs) Nice. That's incredible. Yeah. That's are you guys lifers? Uh, yeah. Probably not lifelong. I mean, we definitely went to the parks as kids, I think. But yeah. then there was definitely a a period in between, you know, maybe when we were like seven or eight. And then, you know, we most recently went back probably five or six years ago, like after we got married. Mm-hmm. And then when we went back as adults, we were kind of like, yeah, this is just great. And we've we've been every year since. Yeah. So. It, it started just like as for me, at least, I don't know. I'm not speaking for you. But for me, it started with the love of the Lion King. Like that was my movie on repeat as a child that and liar liar coincidentally from oh <laughs> so my parents let me watch that questionably but um i would but, say yeah. that about lion king i mean <laughs> that is true so that dark true. yeah it is but that was like the movie i watched over and over again so that's where it really started and then yeah we we started going and then at first i was like dude we're going on a vacation we want to spend it on disney but then it just became like this is so much fun like i I don't even know. I just love this. So now we go all the time. It is so much fun. It really mm-hmm. is. And everyone is like, what? Well, these are going to there. And it's like, because it's a good time and you like, like have more fun if you went there than Vegas. Like, obviously we like oh. it. Yeah. Way better than Vegas. Way I better. Agree. Yeah. And I, I was just saying, I think obviously, I mean, you know, best of all, I mean, a lot of your articles, you've gotten to do some of, I think, kind of the most unique experiences mm-hmm. and things. And I think we kind of want to talk about some of those because oh I think gosh. that's that's what's most interesting. I mean, a lot of your your stories and things are great. And I think that's also probably why you kind of started the podcast is just to tell more of those stories, which 
uh, again, very amusing. It's it's a great podcast to listen to. So <laughs> thank you um, for the plug. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And speaking of a boatload of money, can you tell us more about your adventures by Disney to Barcelona? Oh, my God. Yes. Um. <laughs> so I have been very blessed. Like there's no way around it. Sometimes your assignments really stink. And then sometimes it's like, go tell us how a trip to Barcelona is. And you're like, great. Um, So it was, I did that Barcelona trip. It was an Adventures by Disney add-on to Disney Cruise Line, which I didn't, I think it was maybe a new product around that time. It was a couple of years ago. And it's basically like a three-day trip in the port that a a cruise line sailing starts in. So we did, I think, three days in Barcelona, and then the cruise left from Barcelona and went to a few cities. So it was nice because uh, I love Adventures by Disney. I mean, most people, almost everyone I've ever spoken to is like, it's the best because it is because they cram so much into a day. So we were in Barcelona for three days, and I saw all of it to a point where I was like, there's nothing left here to do. It's time to go. Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, we've talked about the Adventures by Mm. Disney before on the show, and you know, we've never done one, I think you know, a lot of people are probably put off by the cost of them. Oh, yeah. But yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, as, as somebody that's done one, I mean, what's what do they add to it? Like you said, I mean, is it just that you get to do so much or there's like, you know, private things kind of packed into these events that, you know, if you just went on a trip, you're not going to get to, you know, do normally? Well, I think for that one, what surprised me most is that like I'm like categorically, I'm a professional travel writer. And when I build an itinerary for a trip, it is... I guess aggressive is a way to round down. Um, I don't sleep. I wake up early. I do everything. I map out everything. It's a lot. And anyone who travels with me knows and is scared to (laughs) go on trips. But with them, like in the middle of the trip, I was just like, there's no way I would have been able to do this because they arrange a lot of access which I think is one of their like strongest suits is that we went to, Oh God, what's the name of it? It's like the Gaudi area. It's like this uh, outdoor, beautiful thing. And I sound like an idiot now, but um, like they arranged us a specific time to get in and out. And it's the type of thing where if I was in town, you wouldn't have been able to get access that day because they were booked up. So they just arrange it so that you cram in the best parts of the city and you have like a cultural experience and you get to try different foods and things like that as quickly as possible. So the days feel like three days in one and you get to see so much that you just logistically wouldn't be able to do on your own. Wow. That sounds incredible. I think that's a really strong argument for, for going. Yeah. Cause you know me, like I was on there. I was like, mm-hmm, I know how to visit a city and then was like, <laughs> okay, I know nothing. You guys did a great job. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So yeah, I think that you're Joe's the big planner. I just kind of go along and I'm happy to like, just you know, I could go from dawn till dusk. I'm good with that. So maybe, you know, we'll have to go on a trip sometime. But like, yeah, that sounds incredible. Like that you can, they just put so much in there. Yeah, and I would highly ever- write. That's why it's like somewhere like Italy is perfect for that because just like trying to arrange all those, like trying to get into the Vatican, blah, blah, blah. It's so hard and they just make it very easy. And something that I loved as a fellow planner uh, is that you get nights off. So I was able to like research all the restaurants I wanted and then cram the one I wanted to go to in on the night off. And I was able to do everything. That's one of the things I think I love most about like Disney World even is that like you can you plan it. There's a lot of planning up front. But as soon as you get there, like it's just all taken care of then. Like, you know, they have the transportation. Like You don't have to worry about anything almost once you get there. And so it is kind of like that. Like you can kind of plan out your day but then it's almost taken care of. So it sounds like the adventures by Disney is like that. Like they just, they take care of everything for you. You're getting all the highlights that, yeah, you can, you can almost relax a bit. Like it's, it's good to plan, but then it's nice to just kind of relax and just know it's taken care of. Yeah. And everything is optional, um, which (laughs) I'm so rude. I just like, I went into it being like, I'm a, I'm a travel reporter. Like I've been on a few at this point, but I'm always like, we'll see if I do all the activities because there's so many activities. And then the, the people who lead the trip are like, do the activity. And I'm like, um, I would rather do X, Y, Z. And then I do the activity and I'm like, you were right. <laughs> like they made us go to this marionette theater in Vienna. And I, this is on, I went on a, uh, adventures by Disney river cruise also. Uh-huh. Okay. And I was like, I don't want to go see the marionettes. <laughs> and they were like, just see the marionettes. And we did. And I was like, that was the coolest. <laughs> and it's just, they cram in all this stuff that, 
you know, if you're someone like us, like you go on TripAdvisor and be like, I don't want to book these dumb excursions. And then you do all these things back to back and you're like, oh, wow, I really saw the culture. I saw the city. I saw something I didn't expect. I had free time to do what I wanted. You kind of can do it all. I am not paid by them. <laughs> Keep in mind. There's no like, use the code Carly50. No, I just, yeah, um, I, I had a great time. incredible though if you had a discount code. Oh my God, are you kidding? <laughs> I'd be hyping it nonstop. I'd be like, someone pay for my cruise. Yeah. They're very expensive, but they're wonderful. That was going to be my one question though. So when you are reporting on these things, are you, are like outlets coming to you saying, we'd like you to cover this? Are you kind of pitching it? Like, Hey, it'd be fun to do this adventure by Disney. I wonder if I can, you know, want somebody that wants a story on it. It's well, it's different for me. I think more so than some other people because I'm freelance. A lot of times, um, like let's just say travel and leisure where I've written for a lot, they would sometimes approach an editor there. Maybe it gets sent to me. Uh, they would approach the editor there to go s- separately. They would approach me and be like, do you have an outlet? We think we can do it for this. It all totally depends. So my experience is pretty different from what most people on staff would have. But it just depends. I mean, it all you can't really like I wouldn't be able to pitch something and then go to an outlet and be like, uh, I like I want to do this. Like it, Disney would have to already have that space and be like have it be like in their promotional goals to be like we want to okay. spread the word about this trip versus this. Otherwise, I'd be like stick me on any tour in Asia and I will be there in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like a blissful rarity if you are able to pair up the outlet with the timing with everything. But when it happens, it's so nice. <laughs> yeah, sounds like it. One of the mm-hmm. one of the articles um, that you wrote that I want to talk about is you did three different ride openings in a day. Oh my god! So yes. you did you did Pandora <laughs> um, in in Disney World and Volcano Bay up at Universal, and then you flew to California for Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout. Um, I mean, did you volunteer for this, or like were you were you forced to do all that? Talk it, about cramming a lot into a day. Yeah. <laughs> it was so much. So like lately, they've been doing this where things on both coasts will open at the same time. So you'll have something right. at Disneyland open the same time as Disney World, which like ends up being that you have this weird like Disney executive bus in the sky where like everyone on the plane is going to the same thing. Uh, I think after D23 Expo last year, it went right into the Galaxy's Edge opening in Florida. So all of us just like trotted to Florida together, like completely exhausted. But in terms of that one, it was just like, come on, man. Like you have to open all these on the same day. And like Volcano Bay and the Pandora opening were at the same time. Oh wow! So I, was, I was at, so I was like, I got to do it all. Like I have to be at everything. And I was so excited for both of them. So I had to cram it all in. So I had, I was, went to Florida and my editor was there that trip also. And she was covering Pandora as well. So in the morning she went to Pandora. I went to Volcano Bay. I remember just like, like running, like da, 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 like running in a bathing suit from slide to slide to cram in everything before I had to leave. And it was also supposed to rain. Or I think it did rain. It was supposed to be lightning and thunder. And so it was like a game of beat the weather. So I had to run and went on maybe five or six rides as quickly as possible. And then tossed on clothes and went in an Uber to the event at the park in a bathing suit. I, I'm like picturing you doing this, but I'm picturing you as like Wilma Flintstone and you're using the little feet car. Like. <laughs> yes, it's like that, but wetter because I was just running. I just there's I think there's I think I was in a bathing suit still when I went to Pandora. I'm pretty sure. If not, I have soaking wet hair. <laughs> <laughs> now, what did you think of uh, Guardians of the Galaxy? The Oh, uh, I love it. I, love I was going to. So yeah, much. that's like our favorite. We went to Disneyland oh, yeah. a couple years ago. Um, and we rode it. And now it's like when we go to Florida, it's like we don't even care if we ride Tower of Terror because we're like Mission Breakout so much better. I, I, was say, I know this is not a very popular opinion, but this is the way we feel. And I think a lot of people on the West Coast were wrong and they now realize that. And they're yes. like, yeah, we stand it. And it's like, we know what you said in what, like 2017 or whatever that was. Because yeah. people were so upset because yeah. Californians love them some Tower of Terror. But, you know, as people who are more Disney World people, we know that it can be better and it's better at a different park because there's more scenes. So uh, I was so pleased with what they did because part of like the joy of being a reporter is that when you're covering something, 
you're the person who goes in and formulates an opinion. Like you're mm-hmm. not seeing it on Twitter for a few weeks. And then you're like, yeah. okay, so-and-so said this, this person like this, like you usually go in blind. And it was really hard to gauge what that ride system would feel like ahead of time <laughs> and going on that. And then feeling that burst up, you're like, Oh, okay, this is a party. So it was very fun. <laughs> and I went on it as many times as I could. That is a perfect dizzy. way to put it. A party. It oh, is a party so of a ride. I yeah, love I it. I think we probably wrote it three or four times when we and were there every over time, the course of like two days. Every time it was a different song too. Like, yeah. It was so much fun. Yeah. I The most I've done in a row was six. I did six times in a row wow. and my brain did not feel the same until the next day. <laughs> so just be careful. <laughs> Scrambled brain. Yeah, it was bad. I drove home and was like, oh no. <laughs> what did I do? <laughs> um, so you've done some other really like amazing things. You went to 21 Royal. Uh, can you tell us about that experience? Yeah, it was cool. Um, I just, I talked mostly about kind of the decor and the setup of the event on my podcast a few weeks ago, but mm-hmm. it was, I went for a media event. So I was covering, this is the funny part, which I don't think a lot of people realized is that I went for eater. Cause I was in the middle of writing a lot of Disney food stories for eater. And <laughs> that dinner was during a food event where we had I was working on maybe three or four food guides for Disneyland. So it wasn't just like I showed up to Disneyland in my little dress and I was like ready to go. Like it was in the middle of a day of marathon eating. Oh my God. So I had maybe five or six meals that day already. And my editor had to like pinch eat for me. Like she had to eat a few things for me because I was like, I can't, can't. we're about to go to this dinner. And I was the one reviewing the dinner. So it was just so much. Uh, Mm -hmm. And I had sprained my ankle. So I was like hobbling and full. And like, I mean, I powered through, I ate every dish, please. I'm a professional. But (laughs) it was just so bizarre to be there in the middle of reporting this like extensive food guide and be like, we're just going to shove this fancy dinner in the middle. But we all, we all came through. It was a good day. It was, it was good. We were there with like kind of strangers. Like I didn't know half the people there, which is weird. I was <laughs> saying for people who may not know what 21 Royal is, cause I, I wasn't aware of it before, but it's a $15,000 meal. And it's for what? Like I think 10 or 12 people, uh, 12 max, I believe. Okay. So yeah. So how many courses is it? I think ours ended up being seven or eight, somewhere in that range. I feel like it was five savories and then two dessert courses. But okay. whoa, two dessert courses. Yeah, it was it was Ooh. a lot. And by the end of the night, you're like kind of faded. <laughs> like it's a yeah. lot. Um, but it was good. And also our menu, I think, was it was very specific to a food audience. Like there was a lot of specific ingredient choices and stylistic things that they were like see, we're good. And we were like, oh, you are good. Great. Uh, Cause it was very elegant and they, their food sourcing is really, really good for that dinner. But typically, you know, it's about a dozen of you and your closest family or friends. And I ours remember, was like going around introducing each other. <laughs> I remember you mentioning pheasant. Did you have pheasant? That oh day? yeah. We had pheasant. <laughs> we had Wagyu pastrami, which was like, sure. I've never had that before. And then this one dish, which it was, uh, oh God, I forgot what fish it was, but it was supposed to be like a tide pool. And it just like the the plate and the flavors, it really felt oceanic, one might say. Uh, it was just so beautiful. That was my favorite dish, but it was cool. Yeah. Wow. That sounds that sounds like a lot. <laughs> yeah. And like reporting on top of it and being like, you know, I, I write a lot about food, but I don't I don't know anything about wine. Like that's I'm I will own that. And so to be like, uh-huh, like trying to write down everything the Somalia was saying and be like, oh, from the Loire Valley. OK, OK. <laughs> like, I don't know what this is. I'll, I'll fact check it later and my editor will help me. And I remember my editor made some comment about wine at the dinner. And I was like, oh, my God, you're a genius. I know nothing. Thank you. <laughs> I'm so glad you're editing this story. Thank God. <laughs> That's amazing. I mean, I, I think, you know, when you think of that, like you. People have heard, I think, of like Club 33. You know, that's like a very expensive mm-hmm. private club. Like I said, never heard of 21 Royal. But I mean, it's amazing the kind of like upper tier experiences Disney offers. That I think a lot of people don't even realize between Club 33, the VIP tours, just there's like a whole other level you can go to at Disney if you really want to. Yeah. And I, I'm a fan of it. I think that it's really good for them to have those offerings because there are a lot of people who probably would be hesitant to visit Disney world without it. And Mm -hmm. I think it's nice that they have an option for someone who maybe 
travels on more of a luxury vacation this way, like their whole family can enjoy the magic of Disney in a way that works for them and they can afford. But yeah, it, 21 Royal is definitely a, a special like one night only event. I, I can't imagine that just being baked into someone's regular vacation, but it, yeah, people, you're your Chris Pratt or, or Dwayne, the rock Johnson. Yeah. Friend of the podcast. <laughs> what? Oh, we we joke. It's it's a it's a. Is he a joke. friend of the podcast? I wish. No, we <laughs> hope he is. Yeah, we hope so. If you know, I hope put he is in too. a good word. Yeah. All I know is that he does not have COVID anymore. Yes, yeah. yeah. Angela's trying to make him I, a uh, a listener here. She I keeps really shouting him it. out. So I. You got to just do free tequila spawn. You got to reel him in that way because he has yeah. a tequila brand that he's. He does. He's always That's right. They have That's it at right. Epcot now. I think in the Mexico. Oh my Pavilion, god! Of course they do. I love it. <laughs> so, what are some of like your favorite? experiences you got to do or kind of like what's your favorite I guess maybe favorite experience and then maybe even just like favorite part of covering the Disney theme parks Whew. um what are my favorite I I mean I really love this is so lame I love working <laughs> so <laughs> basically I mean Anytime you can go on an Adventures by Disney trip, which are extremely rare, but like those experiences are great. But another experience I love is like something opens and you have 90 minutes to learn every single detail and report back on it. And that is so stressful, but it's kind of what all of us live for, where they're like, Galaxy's Edge is open, the embargo lifts in like two hours, which is how Disneyland's opened. It was like, you can't report anything publicly for about, I think it was 90 minutes to an hour or 90 minutes to two hours. And you had to go and like, that land is very big, especially if no one has seen it before. And you had to like run through and try to get every photo and try to get every detail and try to like take notes of what merchandise was for sale and everything and be able to report it out as quickly as possible. And like, that's definitely a rush that journalists both love and hate. Um, so my highlight is really just trying to like do that, trying to get answers out of people, the like basic reporting stuff. But in terms of fun things that I've done that are like, wow, that was cool. Um, going into Cinderella Castle was extremely unexpected. It was part of a work event I was on where I was reporting on those like higher end luxury experiences. Mm -hmm. And we went to the park before it opened and they were like, we're just going to go up in the castle. And I'm like, you did not let me mentally prepare for this. Like there was, there was no like waiver to sign. Like no one let me know what was happening. We showed up and it, there was clearly an itinerary that was down to the minute because I remember we were at the front of Main Street and I was like, oh my God. And I took a selfie and they were like, gotta go. And it, we had like three minutes from entry until we got to the hub. <laughs> like it was, oh, it was wow. like, we gotta okay. move. This park is opening. But uh, that was crazy. And like, we walked down Main Street and then Mickey was waiting for us. This is so like, I don't even like talking about it because it's it's never going to happen to me again. Like her and me <laughs> is jealous of old me for this ever happening. But we showed up and there was like Mickey and a photographer and they were like, go take a picture. I'm like, what is happening? Wow. What is, is happening? Yeah. This is incredible. So I, did you get the picture? Do you have it like framed somewhere? Oh my God. My mom like printed it on a pillow, on a bag, on everything. It's everywhere. I love your mom. My, <laughs> your mom is so fun. I, I love the, like you go, my mom figured out like, okay, so this is on Carly's podcast. My mom figured out how to leave a, a, a message. Oh and then your mom's messages are so funny. And they're so like quintessentially mom. Oh yeah. She won't stop calling. I mean, I love her and I, I don't pick up my cell phone a lot, but I love her. Um, uh, but she she already left a message for this week. She just constantly leaves messages. <laughs> but she knows that like it'll get sent to my email and I'll actually read it. So she figured oh, me out. That's so funny. Our moms would totally do that if we had a call in number. Oh, yeah. 100%. Yeah. They would be 100%. calling out. All the time. <laughs> I'm not checking my real voicemail, please. <laughs> <laughs> um, you mentioned Galaxy's Edge and kind of, you know, that opening, having to go through all of that in 90 minutes. I mean, what what was that like? Because, I mean, that's, I think probably Disney's most ambitious land in quite a while. I mean, it's, it's their kind of direct competitor to the wizarding world. So, I mean, I imagine they were really had a lot behind that. We're hoping for a lot. I mean, was what, what was it kind of like to be one of the first people in there to really experience it? Stressful. Um, <laughs> I love anxiety. Just yeah. thinking about what you had to do. It's kind of like the way everyone has their own process. Like a lot of reporters are much more chill about this than I am, but I'm really bad at churning out quick stories. And I also can't work around a lot of people. And usually like after that, everyone piles into some room somewhere and is like da -da 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 -da, typing. And I just, I can't, 
that's just not, I'm very slow working. It's just how I am and it's a burden, but it's fine. Um, with that, it was just all about prep. So it was about pre-writing anything you could. Um, I actually had been uh, blessed enough to be invited to a different event where we went into the land a few months before it opened. So I basically mm-hmm. took all of those notes and just did everything I could to get those ready for the quick turnover. So it's a lot of, a lot of preparing, a lot of like having a list of specific details you need answered. Like are things at Doc Ondor's on the second floor available for sale and like all of the specific stuff and the Kyber crystals and all that, like making sure you get what you can while you're in there. Because once that embargo lifts and everyone is able to publish their stuff, you have to be ready. So do they have people available like throughout the land to kind of like answer those questions? Yeah. And that's like, I'm thankful I'm not a photographer because it's even harder for them because the land is filled with setups for people recording like news programming, things like that. So there's wires everywhere and cameras and areas are blocked off and you can't walk some places. So if you're reporting, you can be pretty nimble and just wander through. But if you have to get photos, it's really hard to get a wide shot of anything because everyone is like radio, TV, bloggers, newspaper reporters, everyone's kind of all over. So it's, it's trickier. Now, you know, obviously, Disneyland's still closed. Disney World's been reopened for a little bit now in the midst of this global pandemic here. How has covering the theme parks changed? I mean, I guess, you know, (laughs) short of we can't go as often, maybe necessarily. But I mean, are you seeing different stories? Is, is there kind of like a, a different vibe to, to how people are covering the parks now? Yeah, it's, I'm covering them less, uh, not only because, you know, with the economy, publishing has taken a huge hit and budgets are not as free flowing as they used to be, but also because it used to, you know, last year you'd write about Disney and it's non it's not, there's no controversy. You're just like, we all love Disney. That's it. And now if I were to pitch a story about a hotel deal, it's kind of like I'm co-signing anyone's pandemic mm. travel. And so there's a lot of things that in a, in a regular year, I would absolutely be pitching out as a story and they would get greenlit. But now for multiple reasons, I don't really want to pitch it and it's probably yeah. not going to go through. Because, you know, everyone who's on staff is just like at, at home working. So there's not there's not much budget or space for freelancers, um, at least in the outlets that I provide to. But also, I, I just feel so weird. Like even Disney released a like southern state discount within the past few days. Yeah. And I'm kind of like, I don't know if I want to write about that because then it's like you're kind of recommending that people go because there's a discount. So there's a lot more baggage even in announcing news lately. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It is a a real delicate balance. So I I feel like every time we mention it on the podcast too, I do feel like you're like, what do we say? Or how do we say it? Or, you know, yeah. Yeah. Cause I I want people to save money. I mean, please. Uh, But it's kind of, especially now that I'm, on my own platform and I'm choosing what is in our small news segment. I'm kind of like, I don't know if that's as necessary for me to mention. Yeah. Yeah. Are you, are you going to be running Mulan uh, tomorrow? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I am uh, all in for renting Mulan. Uh, I know that they announced that it's coming out in December, I think. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Three months. Yeah. yeah. But I've, I've been loud about this on the internet, but I strongly believe that anytime there is a female fronted movie or a minority led cast, or I believe yes. there's a female director, you have to support it because if you don't, yeah. they won't make another movie. Like yes. the, the only reason we're getting some of the stuff we're going to get in the next few years is because of other movies that came before it. Like if crazy rich Asians did not do well, we would not be getting a lot of films now. Like Mm -hmm. if black Panther didn't do well, we wouldn't be getting a lot of films. So I think I have to, it's annoying to spend $30 just to make sure that inequality isn't in place forever, but I'm happy to do it because I want to see it. And I, I was dying to see it in theaters and I'm very sad I can't, but yeah. And we kind of talked about this. I mean, $30 sounds like a lot, but if you figure, if you go to the movies, you buy movie tickets, you get snacks, you're way over $30 anyway. So it's it's a bargain really. If you look at it that way, I live in LA, a ticket is 1825. Like there's no getting around. (laughs) Yeah. So yeah, it's you're, you're well under. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. I'm all with you on that one. Mulan's one of my favorites. We just redid all the, we just re-listened to, or we watched all the Renaissance movies and Mulan was surprised. Like, I forgot how good it is. But So yeah, I just, like, I'm so excited to see people in it. <laughs> as weird as that sounds. Like, I can't wait to see like real people doing that. 
So I have, we have a few, we're going to get wrapped up here in a few minutes, but I have a few like rapid fire questions for you. Oh, yeah. So what is your all time favorite Disney movie? <gasps> um, oh God, everyone's <laughs> going to uh, never listen to your podcast again. Uh, I love Monsters University. <laughs> Oh. Listen, I'm not perfect. Uh, I, I'm flawed. I love it so much. I'm literally looking at my computer at like my tiny Monsters University <laughs> stickers that are all on my computer. Uh, I think I really love a character who aspires to have a job. Like that's I love Tiana. Like I love mm-hmm. I love those characters because it feels more real to me. Like I just rewatched the new, the newish Cinderella because it was on Disney Plus. And I was like, this is beautiful, but like I'm not like riding a horse in a field being like, I'm in love. Like that's just, I can't relate to that at all. Maybe I can relate to her being stuck in her attic because that feels like 2020 in a nutshell. But <laughs> in terms of Monsters University, I just, it's all they want to do is like, like do a good job. And I love that. Yep. At least yeah. you didn't say cars too. Oh my no, god. No, I, I would not have said cars. Planes. 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 Yeah. Planes. Yeah. Can you? <laughs> oh my god. You would just be excommunicated. I think. Like, I love have... planes. No, I never. No, no. <laughs> um, what is your favorite Disney ride in all across all the parks? Uh, I have to ask. Uh, internationally. Yes. Okay. Um, so there, I'm, I'm not going to choose one cause I'm going to be difficult. Um, space mountain at Disney world is like my emotional favorite because that's one of those rides where I'm on it and I'm like, the world is perfect. I'm filled with glee. <laughs> Nothing can go wrong until I like bump my butt. And then I'm like, ah, uh, I think it's just so fun and it's so simple, which is why I love it because mm-hmm. you can just, oh, you just enjoy it so much. Um, Oh, what at Tokyo Disney. Mm, I do love Pooh's Honey Hunt, but I don't know if it's like that's I, a great ride. Yeah, it is so good, but I don't I don't know how emotionally attached I am to it. Um, I really like Crush Coaster <laughs> at Walt Disney Studios in Paris, which like it's just kind of in maybe I just like off the rack roller coasters, but <laughs> it's so fun. I think there's a lot of magic to it. What? Let me think through. Uh, there's this challenge adventure trail in Shanghai, which isn't exactly a ride, but it doesn't make sense that it's in the park. And I love it for that because you go on it and you're like, did somebody not sign off in legal? This doesn't add up. You're like hooked in and climbing on the side of a mountain. And I did it in like loafers. Like It's just, I was like slipping everywhere. But like, if you fall, you're just like hooked in. So it's fine. So I love that just for being there. Um, Expedition Everest is one of my favorite favorites because the theming is just bar none. I think it's the absolute best. And I mean, I do like Tron. Tron's good. I like the outside of Tron, not the inside. I think the inside is whack. But uh, what what's uh, least favorite? <laughs> oh, oh, oh! How much time do we have? <laughs> um, okay, I got to think park to park. Oh, I do not like Millennium Falcon Smuggler's Run. I think um, <laughs> just like think my friend yells all the things he hates about it all the time and his voice is in my head. I think it could have been better story-wise. I think it could have been better mm-hmm. functionality-wise. I think it's unfair in a place like Disney World where families, you know, take one trip every five years, 10 years, maybe once in a lifetime that you can go on a ride and have a significantly worse experience depending on where you're assigned. Mm-hmm. And it's also the only ride you can't request somewhere for. So I think that's extremely flawed. And just like in terms of Disney World, I think it's very anti-Disney to have that. Um, Disneyland's different because it's mostly locals. And like if you get engineer and you're local, you'll come back. But it still kind of stinks. Like it's it's not good to have uh, two people control other people's experience. I think that's Mm -hmm. very flawed. Yeah, that ride definitely had a lot of promise. I think going Mm -hmm. into it, like all of the kind of everything you heard beforehand of what I think they were trying to do made it sound so amazing. And then, yeah, when you get into it, like a lot of them, you're just pushing buttons. It's kind of mm-hmm. like, yeah, yeah why, why am I here? I think a lot of my complaints would be nullified if they let you choose where to sit. Like if you mm-hmm. requested the front and they let you wait, I think that would alleviate a lot of my anger about it. But I just feel so bad for the family who doesn't know and goes has one day at the park and like yeah. cramps it in and then doesn't have an experience they want or like if a 
a four-year-old is controlling your ride and you're in the back and you get <laughs> nauseous easily. Like it, there's just a lot of problems. Right. Not to mention if you like a whole family goes, one kid might have a blast because they're, you know, they're the one who's doing the flying, but then one of the other kids might hate it because they're a gunner and they just button mash the whole time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, it's, not, <laughs> it's not ideal. What else? Uh, let me think real quick. I'm going in like a mental tour of every park. No, I don't dislike that enough. I mean, California Adventure leaves a lot to the imagination, but there's nothing that enrages me. Uh, I would love if Matterhorn Bobsleds is more comfortable, but I don't know if that's... <laughs> I mean, that, you get what you get. Like, right, the, right. Yeah. So yeah, it's mostly Matterhorn. No, I'm not going to do that. Yeah, oh, Matterhorn. I just do what the what the guy says. Like at the well, when you're in the queue, line. what does like, the guy say? He's like, "Alvita Zane, welcome <laughs> to Matterhorn Mountain." <laughs> I like it. I like it two percent more because of that. Okay, there you go. <laughs> like the older you get, you're like, I am brittle. <laughs> I can't do yeah. this. Yeah, it is a little Understood. rough. That's more of a me problem, not a Matterhorn problem. <laughs> um, what what's one attraction that you're looking forward to opening? So there's a lot of new attractions mm-hmm. kind of in the works over the next couple of years. Which one are you most looking forward to? I truly have no idea when or if I will ever be able to get on this, but that new Beauty and the Beast attraction that's coming to Tokyo Disneyland. Mm-hmm. I think is going to be absolutely bonkers. And I'm really excited to see what that brings to the States, because if that ride is a smash, we might get something similar, like that type of ride technology and using it that way. Cause it, I know it's trackless, but it definitely seems like it pushes the limit of trackless further than what we have now. Mm -hmm. So I'm very excited to see how that goes and to hopefully ride it and maybe get something along those lines, just like a knockout, another knockout trackless attraction. Yeah, I, I was I, mean, I was referring to uh, Rise of the Resistance. Resistance, yes. yes, we have not had a chance to ride that yet. No. So, and Joe watches all the ride videos. So you were talking oh, about like going. No. <laughs> I know, I know. He does this. Like he was also the kid in high school that would open up a book and read the last page, and then I would be like sitting there going, "No, what are you doing? You're ruining it." So yeah, no, no I chance. Yeah, I stay away from all of the spoilers so that whenever I finally get a chance to go, it is like. What? I have no idea. Okay, perfect. Well, make sure he doesn't ruin it for you. <laughs> I just I just find that I enjoy things better like if I kind of have an idea of what's coming because then because so much of the rides, especially in Disney, like I find so much enjoyment just like looking around the rides just to see like mm-hmm. the show buildings and just kind of like what all goes into creating this. And so I feel like if I kind of have an idea of what's going to happen and kind of like what to look out for, I can kind of focus on those areas more and have like a more enjoyable experience. That is a very respectable response. And you proved me wrong. Now I'm like, should I read the last page of every book? (laughs) (laughs) Fully converted me. That makes so much sense, especially for that. I have a method to my madness, I guess. So. He does. You like the nuts and bolts and I like the overall experience. So yeah, we both, we both have a reason. Well, together, I cannot wait to see what you say about the ride after. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What is your favorite place to eat? Uh, uh, which park? Ooh. I need parameters. Otherwise, I will be talking your ear off forever. Okay. Um, how about... Let's go Epcot because yeah. that's the food park. Okay. Epcot, ooh, still got a lot. Um, I try to boost Morocco <laughs> wherever possible. Morocco gets a really bad rap. I also used to be like, nobody eats in Morocco, but it's really good. <laughs> um, I, I like every single restaurant there. I also like if you're staying at Swan and Dolphin or somewhere nearby to do takeout and then bring it back and eat it in bed. But I mean, or like at a table if you're a normal person uh, who's respectable. Um, I don't know. We next, don't have like Mexico Pavilion can't go wrong. I still love an avocado margarita. I thought that my interest in it would wane. It has not. Uh, caramel popcorn. You that oh, yeah. on your podcast, and I was like, wait, what? That's a thing. Oh yeah, the avocado margarita. It's so, uh-huh. it's so good. It's so I okay. So here's like a a sidebar of uh, depressing stuff. So I went to Disney World for the opening. I was there for ten days a couple months ago. What I don't even know. I'm like, is it November? Um, and I was like very dehydrated the whole time, just very busy working, very like, terrified to be there. Honestly, because we were guinea pigs, we were there at the beginning, and Florida's numbers were through the roof. So yeah. my last night there, I was like, I I had to finish a story. I had 45 minutes at Epcot, and I was like. 
I'm going to Mexico and I'm getting a drink. It was between that and going on a ride. And I was like, I'm, this is my ride. This is what I'm doing. I'm going to go to Mexico and get a margarita. It's going to be the best. And I got there and they were like, sorry, ma'am, your license is expired. Oh, no. <laughs> They're like, we can't serve you. I was like, no. What? Yeah. So now I'm like double Jones in to go back because... Oh. I know. And I have, I was like, I have my extension thing. And they're like, we don't honor that for drinking. So um, it was, I love it there so much that it's worth being heartbroken about. Uh, I also love the caramel popcorn in Germany. Um, oh, I like getting escargot in France. I like it all. I've got the best. It is. It's really good. Oh, and so then um, Takumi Te in Japan. Like, I don't think they're back open yet, but if you want a nice dinner in Epcot, oh my God, like truly one of the best meals I've ever had in my life. And it was in a theme park. I can't believe it. Good oh, we've never, I was going to say, we've never eaten there. And I don't think anybody's yeah. ever recommended it to us either. So it's definitely get- like a blowout meal. It's like a nicer dinner, but I would mm-hmm. eat. So this is my trick. I go to Mexico and I get a, I get two sides of beans, four bucks. <laughs> Got yourself a meal. Uh, I would do that multiple times to afford going to Takumi Tech. Yeah, we've been recommended Boma on 700 different occasions. Yeah. But um, yeah, we've never, I've never heard Takumi Te. I, I think that kind of wraps up. I know you have to get going here. We appreciate you yes. uh, being on. Um, anything you'd like to mention? Any, you'd like to uh, kind of tease some upcoming episodes of Very Amusing? What, uh, what maybe you have working on? Uh, the schedule keeps changing, so I don't want to be too specific. Okay. But we are doing a few stories that I'm very excited about. <laughs> Just a few things like, fans are familiar with, but nobody has been like, let me scratch below the surface and desperately try to get answers for this. So those are coming. Um, we have a few fun interviews coming. I'm also putting together an episode on like what it's like to report about theme parks and interviewing other Disney reporters, which I think will be interesting because people yeah, read sounds the, like a great episode. Yeah, people read the stories, but they don't realize like, I think uh, my friend and colleague Valerie Marino joked in our interview being like, you know, like the 3am crunch, because basically we <laughs> go to these openings and then there's like an opening event at night. And then you go back to your hotel room and you write until you fall asleep. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like a normal thing that we do is write until three or three thirty, go to bed, wake up at seven and then go to a meeting somewhere. And everyone is like, Oh my God. So it's like, that's normal life for us. That's a day at the office, but there's a lot of weird anecdotes like that, that I don't think a lot of people realize. So more, more to come. Good. And besides the podcast, if people wanted to follow you on social media or reach out to you, what, Anything you want to plug? Any social media handles or anything? Oh, yeah. Uh, it's just my name everywhere. Carly Weisel on Twitter, on Instagram. I have a Facebook group. If you like to be unproductive during the day, we'd love to have you. Um, yeah, I'm just yelling out of every corner of the internet all day long. <laughs> Great. Well, Carly, again, thank you. This has been wonderful. We'll maybe have to have you on again uh, sometime. Yes. Please just call me up the moment you both get off of Rise of the Resistance and be like, we loved it. We hated it. Like, I want to know everything. We'll call the Churro Hotline. We Oh, oh my gosh. Too. Yes, that would be so perfect. Just want to thank Carly again um, for sitting down with us for that interview. I know we had a lot of fun. It was great to hear her insight and just the experiences she got to do in the theme parks. Yeah, she was really great to talk to. And I mean, we had we had an awesome conversation even after with her. So we really appreciate everything, Carly. And um, yeah. yeah, and go listen to her podcast. Very amusing. It is very amusing. Yes, it is. And also pun amusing on amusement park didn't even get that till i typed our episode description yes okay all right (laughs) yes very good pun there so i want to thank everybody again for listening this week make sure you leave us a rating or a review subscribe wherever you get your podcast it really helps and we really appreciate it thanks for lending us your ears and we'll see you here next monday Bye bye